Yeah. Well, Westminster had an influence in my life from a very early stage. As an undergraduate, I discovered some of the books written uh, by faculty here at Westminster, uh, particularly uh, Gresham Machen's Christian View of Man, uh, John Murray's commentary in Romans, uh, and some of the stuff Harvey Kahn had been writing back then. Uh, all of that was enormously influential in my life in setting a number of very important foundations. And then whenever I came here as a student, I just got this wonderful uh, combination of emphases that Westminster has in terms of presuppositional apologetics, biblical theology, and of course a great urban emphasis uh, that was here in the curriculum. And those things really shaped me in a very interesting way uh, for future ministry, and actually uh, were significant pointers in my life uh, for the direction which my ministry has taken in the years since then. Um, I suppose if I were to say what's the best thing about a Westminster education, for me it was being with the other students. Uh, I'd had to travel quite a bit coming from Ireland to Philadelphia, but that trip was worthwhile because as well as interacting with the faculty, I had the opportunity to develop friendships with other students here who had come from many different backgrounds. And it was an interaction and in friendship with them that I began to learn an awful lot. And, and sitting right here uh, on, on this veranda, uh, we had many long conversations about the stuff we had learned in the classroom and what that meant for us personally and what it meant for ministry. Uh, and for me, that's just one of the, the highlights of my experience of Westminster. I have to say that the training I got here in terms of biblical studies really helped me to understand the Bible. It would seem surprising that someone who had been raised in an evangelical tradition uh, would say that, but actually uh, my, my appreciation for the, the, the drama of Scripture, for the way in which Scripture holds together, and for how it finds its fulfillment in Christ, really became crystal clear to me and came fully into focus uh, through the classes I had at Westminster. And, and that then helped me uh, in going back into pastoral ministry, where you have to preach regularly week after week, uh, and to bring that proper emphasis where Christ is front and center in all that we do. And Westminster helped me to understand uh, the scriptures in that Christ-honoring way. Well, it's my experience that healthy churches are the result of healthy, effective ministers. And it's the task of the seminaries and colleges uh, to produce uh, men who are called by Christ in order to pastor and to lead and to teach Christ's people. Uh, and that is the most wonderful task as well. And that's why somewhere like Westminster is so critical and so crucial for the advancement of the church, not only within North America, but to the very ends of the earth. I, I think it means thinking again about the place where God has planted you as a congregation and just looking around and seeing who are the people in our neighborhood, who are the people in our community that we need to express the love and grace of Christ too. Um, and in that sense, it's just a question of, of thinking again in what kinds of practical ways can we connect with people, not to remain detached or aloof 
from the community, but really establishing very meaningful and significant links uh, with various groups of people in our local community. In my own congregation, for example, uh, we have discovered at the weekends uh, there's a number of teenagers in our area who would abuse alcohol and they gather in certain areas in our town and we've begun a nightlight ministry on a Friday night uh, and we go out and we talk to these kids and we help them and uh, we have established a number of significant friendships uh, in that kind of way. So we're always looking for, for ways in which we can show the love and the grace of Christ to people who are right on our own doorstep. We have contacted a number of people that way who have begun to attend church uh, and uh, then as well as that, I, I think probably the biggest positive impact that has had is that the local community have seen us as a church uh, caring for people in need. Everybody recognises this as being a, a social problem that we face and the fact that as a church we're prepared to address it in a compassionate Christ-like way has actually earned us quite a bit of street credibility with the local community uh, as well as seeing individuals being brought closer to Christ. Suddenly I think the local population says this is what a church ought to be doing. This is what we expect a church to do and we have begun to see something of the love and grace of Christ in this particular congregation. The Presbyterian Church in Ireland is uh, a denomination. We have about 500 congregations. Uh, we have between 250 and 300,000 members. Uh, and it's uh, a denomination that is a mainline, mainstream denomination going back over many centuries. Uh, our first presbytery in Ireland was in 1643. And our present General Assembly uh, came together, two synods came together in 1840. So we've been around Ireland for quite some time. Um, and we're facing all the challenges that every other reformed mainline denomination faces. Uh, but there's been wonderful evidence uh, of new vitality, new strength, new evangelical commitment within our Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Uh, just over a week ago, I was preaching in a congregation in Mullingar in County Westmeath, which is just about right in the middle of Ireland. And it's lovely to see a multi-ethnic congregation that have come together there. They've actually outgrown uh, their current church building and they're meeting in the assembly hall of a local school. Uh, but it's just great testimony to the way in which um, a reformed and biblical congregation can begin to grow as it remains faithful to the gospel uh, and shows a genuine interest in reaching out to all the people in that community. Uh, I think probably our main uh, challenge at this time is reconnecting again with people in our local communities. Uh, that the whole pattern of church life has changed. It used to be you opened your doors, put a notice board up and people came to church. That's no longer a pattern that works for us. Uh, we've got to connect with people uh, in a more holistic way by showing the love and the grace and the compassion of Christ in practical ways. And then as we make those connections, we find that people uh, come to share with us in our worship and actually come to Christ. It's absolutely crucial that people understand just how important pastoral ministry is. It is where the action is in terms of the advancement of the kingdom of Christ. Nothing more wonderful than to be involved in all the rough and tumble of congregational life, but seeing how Christ through his word and by his spirit can change and transform people's lives. Uh, we're facing a situation now in post-conflict Ireland uh, where we actually have a shortage of ministers. God has blessed us uh, with a steady supply 
uh, but even as we project things into the future, the number of men retiring from ministry uh, will be greater than those coming into the ministry. Uh, and many of our congregations are smaller congregations, two-point charges in rural areas, uh, but there's wonderful opportunities there in order to connect with people in that area. As you know, the, the whole atmosphere of Ireland ha has changed greatly. Uh, we have moved through a period of civil unrest into a period of comparative peace. Uh, there are major challenges for all uh, the denominations in Ireland and especially the Catholic Church and I think it's a, a great opportunity for us to affirm again our commitment to reformed and biblical standards uh, and to see how people respond to that as they see the reality of the gospel. Uh, so there's a challenge there, it's not easy uh, but it's one that is very profitable, very worthwhile and through which the kingdom of Christ will advance. Well, well I, I think the same uh, gifts that uh, are appropriate for pastoral ministry anywhere in the world are appropriate in Ireland. In, in Ireland, people are particularly relational. We like to get to know you personally. Uh, we want to be able to talk with you. Uh, and what you are outside of the pulpit is probably more important than anything you do in the pulpit. Um, and in that sense, uh, being sensitive to people's needs and showing sincere pastoral care and concern for people is absolutely central. Uh, of course, what you do in the pulpit is also very important as well. Uh, and uh, I would say uh, people need to hone their preaching skills so that they're able to present the gospel clearly and relevantly and in a way that brings about change in people's lives. Um, but in that sense, uh, it's no different from uh, pastoral ministry anywhere else. Well, right at this particular time, it's this whole question of mission within Ireland, uh, within uh, an increasingly multi-ethnic population. Uh, in recent years, Ireland has seen an influx of immigrants from other parts of the world, uh, particularly from Europe, uh, and it's been a great challenge to us to know how we can present the gospel uh, to those who are now our neighbours who have come to us from Poland, from Lithuania, from Portugal, uh, from Brazil, uh, from South Africa and even from China and Korea. Uh, and many people have been drawn to Ireland for various economic reasons. And of course the free movement of labour within the European Union uh, means that many people have come to Ireland looking for work. Uh, so that's one particular challenge. How can we as a denomination respond uh, to this, this new pattern uh, within the island? Uh, I think the other uh, overall situation is that Europe generally and the extent to which Ireland is a part of Europe has become an increasingly secular uh, place. And uh, many of the, the old expectations uh, and the, the old parameters have evaporated uh, and we're now needing to speak the gospel in a new and a relevant and a meaningful way to an increasingly secular uh, population of people. Well, as you know, Ireland is and has been predominantly a Catholic country and the Catholic Church is the largest uh, church in Ireland. Uh, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland is actually the largest Protestant church in Ireland. Um, and then after that, uh, we've got Methodist Church and uh, Anglican Episcopal Church and every other denomination you could imagine. But the same trend is apparent in Ireland that's apparent elsewhere, a genuine decline in terms of denominations and a rise of independent fellowships and groups 
in many different towns. And, and that pattern of church life uh, that you would probably be aware of here in the United States is, is very much the same pattern that we have in Ireland. The old ecumenical movement, I think, has largely died. It hasn't really gone anywhere um, and has had very limited success. I, I, I think that uh, those who share a commitment to the evangelical gospel uh, have a distinct unity. And across many uh, parachurch organisations and mission organisations, there is a wonderful sense of unity and working together. Um, I, I saw this this past summer actually, I went on behalf of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland to Ethiopia where we support a number of humanitarian projects and it was wonderful to see a whole range of denominations involved together in trying to address issues of poverty and of deprivation in Ethiopia and that's something that brings everybody together and something that uh, we, we can see a genuine sense of unity in Christ. Uh, absolutely. Uh, in, our, in our own congregation, we have received uh, groups of young people uh, from both 10th Presbyterian Church here in Philadelphia and from Germantown, Hope Church in Germantown, uh, came last uh, summer. And uh, those have been very useful, not only for the kids who came and were involved in the mission teams, but also uh, for our own people as they get a vision of what uh, other people are able to do and how they're able to be supported in that task. That's a very useful uh, and very educational process. Uh, and many people have grown significantly in their own spiritual lives through being involved at both ends in, in that particular kind of project. So uh, I think a, a twinning arrangement between Irish congregations and American congregations can be symbiotic and can be beneficial for both. I think you can never assess perfectly or completely the impact that you're having in terms of ministry. I think it's always very provisional. Um, but in that sense, there's the question of remaining faithful, but also of looking to be fruitful and identifying areas within our ministry where God can actually produce real fruit in terms of converts to Christ or in terms of the growth and maturation of his people. Um, so sometimes uh, we've all been there, uh, the pastoral ministry can be, uh, you can experience some sense of depression and sadness and feel as though you're not making much progress. But more often than not, uh, God brings to us those encouragements which enable us to keep going. Pastoral ministry is hard, it's difficult, it's challenging. And anybody who's been there for any length of time will tell you that. But as I say, it's the place where the action is in terms of the kingdom of God. And that's why we give ourselves to it with energy and with commitment.